Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton from the Chris and Sandy Show, and today, as always, we got a rocking show for you. We got the awesome Holly Tucker coming on, um, but we're all about bringing out the raw stories in artists. We get up and close and personal with all these great artists, and today will be no different, um, as always. And you know what's funny? Um, to tell us, she's going to probably laugh, but she sent me an email about the show, saying that. Um, about her, sh- about thanking me for letting her on her show. So yes, I guess that's we're all that one. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we are. The- <laughs> so today we are being taken over by Holly Tucker. But anyway, here yes. she is. Hey Holly. Hey guys, sorry about that. I <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. I told Sandy when I first, when you first, because I would have never noticed it. I didn't even notice it. <clears throat> and when you corrected that, um, I told Sandy, I got to bring that up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, how's the weather where you're at? Uh, you know, it's actually turning out to be kind of pretty. Um, it was supposed to be rainy all day today, and the sun came out so you know maybe you guys are good luck (laughs) maybe yeah now you traveling right now are you still in texas i'm still in texas um i have a little bit of uh these these first couple months of the year for me are always pretty slow so um i usually focus on other things in the business um getting ready for the rest of the year and uh planning things out and regrouping and uh goal setting and all of that stuff so Right now, that's kind of what I'm doing, um, doing more oh, wow. administrative work um, rather than being on the road. So um, so yep. it's a little bit more of that. The part that many artists don't realize they have to do if they become great artists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of boring stuff as well as the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about yourself, like your hobbies before we get into the music side and the personal side. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your hobbies, what you like to do outside, where you're from and all that, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I am from Waco, Texas, and, uh, it's really, uh, central to everything here, um, right in between Dallas and Austin. So it's perfect. Hmm. Um, and I have been singing country music pretty much my my entire life. And, um, and I've, I've been, well, singing just in general for, for my whole oh, wow. life. Uh, my parents, my parents were both singers and musicians and they actually mm-hmm. met through music when they had a band back in their college days. And, um, whenever they decided to settle down and have a family, they never stopped singing and playing music. So they were always singing in a church somewhere or a wedding mm-hmm. or a special event. And, uh, me seeing my parents doing that, it made me as a little girl want to get up and join mom and dad. So, I uh I started started singing started uh they they would always sing with me around the piano and um and teach me harmony and stuff like that and so mm-hmm. when I was 7 years old I got on stage for the first time and I loved it I just for oh, wow. whatever reason I just, I knew that that was um that was what I wanted to do and and uh it was at my home church here in in Waco First Baptist Woodway and uh and it just changed my life. So I, I just kept singing ever since then. And, um, I started writing and recording at a very early age and I started traveling and touring at a very early age. And, um, and I've just, I've I've grown up with it. So, (laughs) um, yeah. And then, um, you know, obviously all, all the stuff 
I went on The Voice six years ago, and so that mm-hmm. that kind of launched me into um, a bigger platform. And uh, ever since then, I've been doing music full time and loving wow. loving it. And um, it's been a ble- big blessing. So, what was it like to be on Team Blake? It was really cool. Um, I like I said, I'm a country artist, so I knew that I wanted uh, Blake as my coach, and uh, yes, I knew course. that. Yeah, yeah, of course, and I knew that. Um, I knew that, you know, my song choice might not be super traditional country, so I wanted to put in people's minds that I know I'm a country artist. I'm I'm nothing mm-hmm. but a country artist, and mm-hmm. so I knew that by choosing Blake, that would uh, that would solidify that, and sure enough, it did, and. I had a blast on the show. I mean, it was a very good experience for me. I learned a lot about myself. I mm-hmm. um, I was a very shy 19-year-old coming on the show, and I, I gained a oh, lot wow. of confidence and a lot of uh, stage performance skills. And um, and Blake was just really good to bring out um, all the all the parts of me that needed um, needed elevation so um he was a really great coach really genuine guy too if you ever meet him in person he's super funny and super personable <laughs> so basically he's what you see on camera is what you see exactly yeah he's that way off camera too <laughs> <laughs> so what what piece of advice did blake give you during the show that to this day you still value that advice you know he um, he really taught me that being myself is important. And, um, like I said, I went on the show as a very shy 19 year old and I knew that being on a platform that large would, uh, put me in the spotlight in a way that I had never been before. And with that spotlight yeah. comes criticism and judgment. And, um, I just, you know, I've never been, like a Barbie doll. I've never been super thin or anything like that. And so I just, I, I just was waiting for all the comments and, um, mm-hmm. and so that, that made me insecure about everything about myself. And, wow. and I, I didn't want, um, I didn't want for people to, uh, ream me for just being who mm-hmm. I am. And so he really taught me that, um, you know, who you are is exactly what people want to see. And no, you're mm-hmm. never going to please everybody that, comes in contact with you that's just impossible and that's that's not even a thing but you know you are going to speak to some people in a very major way out there and a lot of people in a very major way and so he he said you just have to be real and be true Mm -hmm. to yourself because if you don't then then you'll never be able to accept yourself if if you can't Mm -hmm. you know be honest with people so I, i would say that's one of the biggest takeaways yeah, I heard someone recently say that if you stay true to yourself in music, then the right audience will come. Because if you don't and you get the wrong audience, then you're always going to be fake all your life. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, yeah, you have to just be real. And that, that comes with, um, you know, being real in your everyday life and being real on social media and being real in your music. And uh whatever you're you're putting out there to the world is as long as you can just be yourself i mean it's that's what you want <laughs> yeah and social media is one of them catch 22 things it's like it's great but then it can consume your life at the same time <laughs> yeah absolutely it's uh it's a job in itself <laughs> yeah because i remember 
you know, when you look at social media and this whole change in the whole industry, and you're like, um, a lot of people are like, well, you can, as an artist, you can get noticed quicker. But the problem is you can't get traction quicker because what I've learned through the years of talking with a lot of artists is that record labels in this day and time, if you don't have a following, they're not signing you no, how to, no matter how good you are. That's so it's like true. a catch-22 now. So, so now it's like the record label is X have been like, oh, wow, um, we, don't, we, can, we, don't have to, we can wait to put our money into an artist until we know that we probably won't lose that money. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, it's it's very backwards from what it used to be. I mean, now nowadays, like if like you said, if you don't have a following, they won't even take a second look at you. But here's the thing: like if you have a following and if you have a successful tour and successful music and all of these pieces, what do you need a label for? <laughs> and, I think that they're going to come to that and. You know, and I'm going to have probably a Zex because on Wednesdays we're starting a new show called um, State of the Music Business. And it's going to be basically like the State of the Union type thing, but for music. But it's be a weekly yeah. where we bring on different people each Wednesday um, within other areas of music on what the state of. And I'm, it'll be interesting to see if we ever do get any, any label execs where, where they see the future going. Because again, you're, you're like, if you've got this big following. You, you know, because I would like to know what what do you need? Because you know, you see these big artists who who leave a label, and you're like, well, they can do it on their own, and then they go to this other label, and like, why they why do they do that? <laughs> you know, well, when they already have this big following of millions of of fans. You know, I mean, there must be something that labels can do still. I guess the probably the managing of the everything is probably the big well, issue for a lot of people. A lot of it, too, is radio, and they still – radio is still controlled largely by record labels, and that's the thing is you can't – it's very, very hard to get national radio play if you're not with a label that's because true. That's, that's just the way that it always you has know, been, and that's the way that it still is. FCC is looking into – I read an article from Radio Inc., and it was talking about – that the FCC is looking into, um, so I, it was called payola. And I was like, what, what is payola? And it was, and it was a mm. form for a bribery. And I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know. I never heard that term. And, and they were looking into it. That they were they were finding that apparently some um, in in the music industry, some labels are are paying to get their stuff spun. And they're looking into that from what that, from what I understand with that article. Uh, again, you know, because you've always heard that, but you've but I've never like heard that any. You just don't like. Well, is it real or is it re- not real? Because you, you know, it's weird that, that almost always that's what they're playing is is people who are signed. You almost hear them play no unsigned, unless it's on a local level. Then I think you know the local local stations play unsigned. Right. But, if they're part of the iHeartRadio network or any of the other ones like that, it's like all you hear are people who are signed. So it does make you wonder. And I think a Rolling Stones article last year hinted about that same issue that they talked with an executive that paid $80,000 to get their artist spun 800 times. Yeah, I, so, I can again, believe it. You, you just never know how true or how in the middle of it is. But again, that's what makes it so difficult in the music industry for someone like you 
who's trying to grow up and, and all that and trying to do all this, and then you've got some – I'm not saying all labels. I'm just saying you've got some execs in the industry that are trying to block that, and it's, not, and it's really not fair. So I think that's changing. I mean if we can get, if we can get the public to start really listening to more of your podcast radio shows, I think we'll see a change. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's, I, that's the exciting thing about music is that it's always changing, and I think it is going towards that. I, I think radio will still always be very important, Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm so grateful to my friends at radio for playing me because if, if, they, if they didn't, then I wouldn't have the platform that I do here in Texas, and um, I, I love my friends that, that have supported mm-hmm. me all these years, and, and I'm very grateful for that, but mm-hmm. Spotify and Apple Music and playlists and podcasts and all of these different mm-hmm. things that are allowing artists to get out there on their own, they're really making a big dent in the industry. And, that, and that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, Cause, you know, I, I mean, love it. I mean, who could have thought that we would have a system where you can call in, I can call in, and we, and we do a little online radio show right here without all the big money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a short time ago that I don't think – I don't know how long this platform existed that we're on, but not long ago you couldn't do that. <laughs> That's, That's very true. true. It, makes, it makes it possible for anybody to get out there and do it. So when you look back at your career so far outside of the voice, because, of course, the voice would have – since we already talked about the voice, the voice would definitely have been in this. But when you look back at your career outside of the voice, what are some of your moments where you were like, wow, I did that? Oh, man. Um, You know, I have gotten the opportunity to um, share the stage with a bunch of my childhood heroes and um, things that I never thought that I'd get to do. Um, I got to open for Shenandoah, and I got to open for um, Willie Nelson, and I got to open for uh, Terry Clark, and just a lot of these uh, people that I grew up listening to and um, and Restless Heart, oh my gosh, Restless Heart was one of my favorites, and um, and and they just they all are are real people, and that's the that's the coolest thing that I found out through doing that. Um, you know, also getting to sing the national anthem for several sporting events. Um, I I made my debut at the Rangers a few years back, the Texas Rangers baseball, and then. Um, I, I also made my NFL debut for the Kansas City Chiefs a few months ago. Um, and I'm about to make, yeah, yeah. Awesome. And I'm about to make my NBA <laughs> debut here at the, the Dallas Mavericks here in a few weeks. So, I mean, it's just the, the opportunities and the doors that the voice even has opened. Um, has, it's been remarkable and, uh, and I'm just excited to see where it goes. Yes, so you've already put the, I guess, the magic touch on Kansas City, so maybe you can do it for Dallas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, next big dream is the Cowboys, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so you basically, have, all you've known is music are your life. That's that's pretty cool. Now, a lot of singers we've noticed that, um, what are some of the struggles you've been through that you've um, – as, but not necessarily your personal struggles yet. We'll get there later. But 
just in music, what are some of the struggles you've been through music-wise? Uh, you know, Chris, the, the biggest struggle that I think I've encountered, and I, I hate even talking about this because it makes me sound like a feminist, but um, I'm not a feminist um, in, in a lot of ways, but being a female in the, in the country music genre is just dang near impossible, uh, being a successful female. And, and um, we were going there, and, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It, 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 it's <laughs> just for, in, in all areas, it's harder. In radio, in touring, in uh, merchandise. I mean, in all areas, it's just tougher for girls, and I don't know why, really. And and it's crazy because, when you know, as we always looking out for all those the up-and-coming artists, and and it, to me, when I'm looking at different artists out there, and they're a great great artists on both sides, men and women. But it seems to me that it's harder. There's that, There's more women than men who are trying to up and come. So I'm sitting there like, okay, if if, it, if there is more women with it that are rising, then why ain't radio recognizing that? <laughs> you know, because it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's like you almost have to go out of your way to find a bunch of guys that are up and coming. More, yeah. and, and again, there's a lot of them. Um, you know what I'm saying. It just seems like there's way more of women. That's why we we're kind of outbalanced the other way. Because <laughs> like you're yeah. you know mm-hmm. you're eighth person that we've interviewed on this show, and we've interviewed one guy so far. Oh yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and you know and it, we promised a lot of people interviews and all that. So kind of going through our little list, <laughs> and, and eventually it'll be balanced. But mm-hmm. we've always said that you know what, no matter what. It'll probably be a sixty forty split over time where it's sixty percent women it's forty percent men or or middle middle you know whatever but we but because i you know that leads me into the whole c m t thing what do you think about them saying they're gonna play fifty percent each uh i I think that that's incredible and that's that's the first step you know that it, it's it's great that c m t is is doing that and finally um you know, being the being the catalyst for hopefully a lot of other um, organizations to follow, and especially radio. I mean, if if radio would take a day or a week or something like that to to just recognize the females and um, and and give equal play, I mean, it should be equal every day. But I mean, yeah. baby steps. Um, so we we've just gotta we've gotta constantly be talking about it and we've got to we've got to keep it in people's minds because that's the only way that mm-hmm. anything's going to change exactly because yeah. you know, when, when sandy and i talked about this a lot she she said you know back in the 90s it, it don't it didn't seem this so far men because you there was a lot of women on the radio back then and then it changed yeah. here in the in the 2000s and i know and i about know when it changed and again we listened to the whole bro country stuff. We, I like Florida Georgia line, but I think we that's do. when it changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that when yeah. bro country started, that was the twist that changed, that really pushed women out the door. Yeah. When it comes to radio. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not trying to either like take away from the guys because I know that the guys oh, yeah. work extremely hard as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of really talented male artists out there that are just killing it. And I mean, Cody Johnson's one of my favorites out there. He's, I was he's about to mention Cody Johnson. 
<laughs> I was about to say, oh, yeah, yeah, Tony Johnson's one of those. Absolutely. Yeah, he's my favorite Texas artist. He he has been since I heard him, and I'm so, so glad that he's finally getting some recognition on a national scale. Um, he deserves that. And, you know, it, yeah. it, we're, we're just being a new artist in general. I, I mean, female, yes, but a new artist in general, it, it's just tough. I mean, there's so much competition out there, and uh, <laughs> you just have to – it's like everybody's fighting to be unique, but in that struggle mm-hmm. – the uniqueness sometimes doesn't show because everybody's got some gimmick, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, it's just, uh, you, you got really, you got to really know yourself and stand out and have a good, solid, uh, loving fan base. Yeah, most definitely. Cause yeah, we've seen that. And it's funny cause you mentioned, I was about to bring up, yeah. Cody Johnson's one of the men that we really, really love. Yes. And Riley is. Green's another one that we really love. Oh yeah, yes. great artist there. But there, like Absolutely. you said, there still definitely should be balance, and that's I think that, and 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 most common sense person people would agree. I mean, there are some people that nope, it's got to be mostly men, you know. There, but I think that there's not many people within that. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. <clears throat> so as we about to take a small little break, um, we'll play a, play something. When we come back from the break, we will play your song, um, Country Music Won't Let Me, and we will discuss um, that song in just a minute. How's that sound? Sounds great, Chris. Thank you. All right. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
Yes, great Thank song. You. So what inspired that song? You know, I uh, I got in the room with my co-writers on that song, uh, Logan Tucker and Buddy Owens, and we were all just kind of trying to figure out what we were going to write about that day, and we were having a little bit of trouble with it. So we just started talking. Um, a lot of times whenever we can't settle on an idea, we just go off on a tangent, and, and we just, mm. uh, just start talking our lives so we did and uh and we started talking about country music and what it meant to each one of us in our lives and um and you know we we had all been through love and heartbreak and and uh loss and and happiness and joy and just every kind of emotion and we we started talking about how you know you can think that in in uh, terms of loss and heartbreak, you, you can think that you're completely over something and, and you're moving on mm. with your life and you're good again. And then uh, you hear that one country song <laughs> come on the radio or wherever you're at. And it just takes you right back to that moment. You got your heart broken or you lost someone or something and it just mm. shatters you all over again. And that's mm. the power of country music. And um, that that's why that one in particular means so much to me is because it's just so real, and I think that it's something mm-hmm. everybody can can relate to. Yeah, that's definitely the power of music, and I guess that's why even all through the Bible, music was there. Yeah, because music moves people. It does. And all that. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> in fact, Sandy told me that through her teen years, because she was bullied a lot, that music was what saved her. Absolutely. Very healing to me during that time period. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it can comfort you or it can completely break you. I mean, and everything Mm -hmm. in between. Yes. Yes. Everything (laughs) in between. Like I said, when I listen to music or watch TV shows, I want to, I want to be in tears. I want to laugh. I want to cry. I want to feel what the heck. I want to feel it all. And that's what music does. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so you're also an ambassador for Global Country Music Association, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they, uh, they're, uh, you know, any organization that is is out there trying to trying to pump up the awareness about new artists and <laughs> up and comers and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm I'm all all about and uh, and this. This particular organization approached me, I guess, a little about a year ago, maybe a little over a year mm-hmm. ago, and um, they were just really into what I was doing and my music, and um, and they were super supportive of me. So we partnered up, and uh, they've they've been great. You know, a little side note: Sandy and I have just become board of director board members on there. What? That's awesome. 
We're very <laughs> excited just, about that. They, Great they organization to be part board of. Board meeting the other day, and they and we mm-hmm. did a, and so they conferenced us in. <laughs> yes, we were on our way home from church, but we're able to jump on that call with them. Yeah. Well, hey, I, y'all are already doing such a great job in spreading the word about uh, awesome artists and music that you're you're enjoying out there. So I, I appreciate being being one of them. Thank y'all for for having me today. Oh, we wouldn't. You know, like I, I think I asked you. I guess last year, and you know, you know it's funny because last year was probably one of our worst years on a financial note um, in our marriage. So it was last year was really rough, but this year. Like last year, we had planned on doing everything we're doing now all through the year. But we ended up interviewing three people last year, the whole year. We did, and yeah. So I, was, so I was frustrated by December. and You know what? We just got to do it, and we just got to do it. And if every, if every interview goes on this week that's supposed to, by Friday, we'll have done 11 this month alone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. That's great. <laughs> I mean, Yeah. So 2020 is starting out with a bang for us. <laughs> yeah, it's a very busy year ahead. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so um, talking about some of the – I know that you said your grandparents passed away um, kind of the, almost back-to-back. Tell us a little bit about that and what they meant to you. Yeah, um, so these – this was my uh, maternal grandparents, and mm-hmm. – um, so they basically helped raise us. Um, we live, uh, well, we used to live like two blocks away from them when we were growing up, me and my two older brothers. And uh, my grandparents would always like babysit us and they would, uh, we would, we would go to grandma and grandpa's a lot. And, uh, and they, uh, they were just, they were, they were both teachers. And so they would, they would, uh, help us with our homework and, and teach us things that we weren't getting in school and, um, nurture us. And, and it was just, um, we were really close. We were, we were always very, very close to our grandparents. And, um, this last year and a half, things started kind of taking a turn for the worse. And, um, last, I guess last January ish, um, is when we, found out that my grandmother, um, she was 93 and she got a stage four pancreatic cancer diagnosis. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, she's, she's uh, lived a long, healthy life. And so to have, um, somebody like that, have that happen to them, it just, it was heartbreaking. And, uh, so she, but she kept on trucking and then, um, you know, in, in July, we, uh, my grandfather was 97 and so he was, he was even older and he had, he had been also going very well for a while and, and, uh, very healthy. And my grandma always took very good care of him, but he had taken a turn there in the last few months and, um, and we lost him in July and then, um, not, well, I guess a month, exactly a month later, we lost, uh, our nanny is what we call her. And, Mm -hmm. um, and that was, that was without a doubt one of the lowest points of my life. Um, you know, to have somebody that has basically, well, two people that have raised you and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, just been such a big influence on your life. And, um, I mean, it's very hard even still for me to think about, and I can still hear my nanny's voice in my, in my head sometimes. And, um, I can just hear her, you know, always telling me to, 
to go for it and to to not give up on 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 what I am dreaming of and what I'm gifted with and um and that that's just them you know they were the most selfless people that I've ever known in my entire life and uh and they were always that presence of light and and life in our in our lives and um it's it was very hard losing both of them back to back like that so was it your faith that helped you through all that uh well yes and no um I, that wasn't the only thing. Last year was just a very hard year for me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, in a, in a lot of things, um, I was, uh, we had a lot of things happen in our family life and and in our, our personal lives as well as music, um, things Mm -hmm. that, that just were not going right. And, uh, and it made me actually very, very angry with God. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not proud to say that, uh, but I do have to be open and honest about it. And I think we all been. Um, yeah, and I just I started blaming God, and I started uh, running from Him a little bit instead of running to mm-hmm. Him, and I I shut Him out for a, a good year of my wow. life, and um, and I'm again not proud of that, but uh, it really took me coming to my lowest point last year Mm -hmm. um in order to realize that sometimes god will remove everything from your life that you are idolizing or that you're putting before him in order so that you will return and that is exactly what happened to me and um i I I didn't lose everything. I mean, I, I still have an amazing, blessed life, and I, I'll, I'm very grateful for that. But um, it it was a very big wake up call um, at the tail end of last year, and I mm-hmm. I came came back to my faith, and I um, I had to kind of weep at the feet of Jesus for for a few <laughs> weeks there, and just forgiveness and. Um, a lot of heavy stuff, but I'm I'm yeah. back on a good good healthy track now, and uh, I, I'm very much more faithful than I was a few months ago. Well, that's good because again, you know, I think we all, from time to time, ask God why. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I'm yeah. sure the day that I go to heaven, I'm like, I've got some questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, but until then, we have to just have the faith and trust. Because again, like right now, my stepmom, and she's not old; she's young. She's in her, what, yeah. I guess mid early sixties. Yeah. And she's got lung cancer and brain cancer. Mm-hmm. Right now, she, any hour she could go. Oh and man! It's basically at the end, and and yeah. my dad is really struggling with this because he just went. He this is you know his my my actual mom, his first wife. Um, passed away from cancer at only oh 56 goodness. years old. So he's wow. about to have to bury two wives, uh, almost identical in cancer type related stuff. And then on top of that, um, you know, she's, you know, they've been married, I mean, Sandy and I have been married 17 years, and I think they married a year or two after we did. So almost. Yeah, same. I think a couple so years she's later. Family, you know, so she's family to right. us. And, so it's been rough on us too because we know, you know, 
because she, you know, she was always um, little Chris's granny. <laughs> yeah, and he, yeah. He loved her, and she was just this independent spirit that nope, you ain't helping me do nothing. I mean, very strong and then, woman. And then to yes. see her in the position that she's in, where she's pretty much don't know what's going on now at this point. Mm-hmm. It's been rough on everybody <laughs> to see, and and all this happened in a matter of months. Because you know she's been bedridden for I guess about six, about five, six months, and months, and mm-hmm. doctors couldn't figure out what's wrong with her. Um, the problem is they couldn't get her to the hospital to find. And when they finally did, that's when they found out. Oh, well, because at first my dad would get her to the hospital and they'd send her home. Get her ho- they'd say, oh no, it's in her head. It's, she, there's right. nothing wrong with her. They kept saying it's in her head, and I guess yeah. they were in a way right because she has brain cancer. They just didn't right. realize that oh. they were how right they mm-hmm. were. It really was in their head. You know, that's the reason why she was, I mean, because just her whole body just started not walking. I mean, she couldn't walk. She couldn't hardly move, she, you know. And my dad kept on telling the, the doctors in the hospital, something's wrong. This can't be in her head. They wouldn't listen. Because yeah. uh, for some reason, the blood work came up fine. I mean, yeah. uh, that don't normally happen. But with her, for some reason, or so we get, I mean, again, we, we're only speculating that it came up fine. We don't know what the hospital does or doesn't do. You just never know behind the scenes. We just know yeah. that she has had, they found a tumor, so then they did what they needed to do, and they told my dad, well, we got a little problem. It is cancerous, but it didn't start there. So yeah. they had to do a whole, full MRI and all that, and then they let him know, yep, it's full-blown lung cancer, and there is no turning back now. And that was My just God. like a month ago. Wow. <laughs> and she just well, went down. And, you know, and at, that, at that time, she could still talk a little bit, and now she can't even talk nothing. And, it, and it's sad to see because with my mom, she got really sick. We went to the hospital, and she passed away in the hospital that day. Sandy's dad. It's weird. My wife and I have led almost same type lives, even though we're so different um, on a lot of fronts. But her dad passed away almost just like my mom. Stubborn, wouldn't go to hospital, and and died the day mm-hmm. at the hospital. Um, and that was uh, like like six years ago. Um, so we had to go through my mom's death at the beginning of our marriage. Six months into our marriage, we had to go through his death six years ago. And now we're going through this, so you know it's 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 been rough. But you know, all I can think about is my 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 only reasoning that I can come up with right now is maybe God needs her there. Yeah, you know, she, you know, yeah. And that that's all I can you know because it's like, being so you know being so young, it's like you know, why you know, and that's what uh, like you were blaming God. I was like, well. This, She's like a second mother to me because she is a second mother. And I'm like, the second time this has happened in my life. Right. And, you know, but again, I know that when she does pass away anytime this week, that we know that where she's going, you know, one day we'll see Mm -hmm. her just like we'll see my mom one day. But, yeah, right. It's been a little rough for us within the death side, too. Yes, it has. Well, you know, I, I. I will sure be praying for you. I know that that is nowhere near easy, and I I can't even um, I can't even imagine. That's um, that sounds like some really hard stuff that you guys are going through, and um, 
I mean, it's it's just there's there's never a, a real clear explanation for why that stuff happens, and you'll drive yourself nuts if you just yeah. keep asking that. But, that that's, um, that's right. But I'll I'll sure but, um, be praying for y'all for for your family and, as well. And, and we'll definitely, definitely appreciate it. Get through all yes. of what you're going through right now too. Mm-hmm. So, who um, who would you say has been the most supportive of your music career through the years? Oh man, um, I mean, it's really hard to say anybody other than my parents. Um, I mean, <laughs> they they have sacrificed they've they've sacrificed a lot for me, and they have mm-hmm. uh, believed in me from the very beginning. Uh, you know, my my parents are both very very talented musicians themselves and so um them watching me grow up and and do what I love and and grow in my abilities um they've just been behind me a hundred percent I mean financially emotionally uh physically I mean they in every sense of the word they're just right there for me and uh you know, um, I'm very, very blessed with that because not everybody can say that. And many, um, many in the artist industry don't. I mean, I've, as many people we've talked to the years, I think that's one of the hardest things we found for people is usually the people closest to them won't support them because they're like, "Go get a job." Music's yeah. not gonna, you know, music is not supposed to be a career. And right. But when it's when it's in you, when it, when it's that pa- passion is in you. You can't just go get a job, and, and a lot of people don't understand that. You just can't do it. Like I remember one advice that Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls gave um, back in 2015 when we interviewed her back then. Um, one of the questions I asked was, "What advice would you give someone?" And it was, and she says, "And she said this is going to sound funny coming from me, me since we live on music. If you can," she said, "If you can do anything else." If your heart will allow you to do anything else, go do it. Don't do don't do music full time. She said it takes everything you got. She says, but if if you can be all in and you know there's no back doors and you're willing to do everything no matter what it takes within morality of course to to make it, then you have a shot. But if you, but if your heart will, if there's a career in your mind that you'd be like, you know, I could be happy there. Go do that. Don't do music. That she said, keep. Yeah. And I, I've always remembered that because again, it's one of those things where when you've got it inside of you, it's it's not, you know, when it's that deep ingrained in you, you can't just quit. Because <clears throat> in a piece of yeah. you, like um. Like you know, we we had New Country Buzz going back in 2014 and 2015, but we shut it down in 2015 um, for personal reasons. But a piece of me died on that day, um, and I can remember through the years, every six months or so, I, I I we went I tried to let it go so much that I even let the domain New Country Buzz go. <laughs> I mean, I was yeah. trying to back pull away, but every six months I would. Go to GoDaddy and see if it's if anybody bought it. But, oh, nope, still there. Six months. Nope, still there. And finally, 2018, I told Sandy, I was like, I was like, I already checked. It's there. I think we need to finish what we started. Yeah. And <laughs> and here we are, a little over a year later. We've mm-hmm. got a vision gr- greater than what we could. And Sandy's Sandy wasn't really on board back then because she didn't understand 
to how the New Country Buzz Foundation was going to be everything that she dreamed of within music because she's been a, such a huge country music fan. And now she's like, oh, this is all – this piece actually involves everything with music, and this is this, and, and this has led to this, which has led to that, which has led to that. So even though the Chris and Sandy show just launched this year, we've been in this thing for since like 2013. <laughs> but yeah. Mm-hmm. We let it go, but uh, I could not, you know, it ate me alive. It really, yeah. I tried to do all these other business things. I tried to pour my heart into this, tried to pour my heart into that, and I could not fully commit to anything. And I, I finally yeah. had to say, you know what? And, and see, at least now if, if we go all in and let's say that two, three years down the road, this all just crashes, fails, I can handle that. I just couldn't handle not knowing what if. Right. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's very smart. Yeah. I mean, you you do have to give your whole heart to whatever you're doing. And I think that's where I get frustrated when I when I hear and I hear kids talk about my parents just won't support me in this. They want me to be a doctor and a lawyer, and I wish I could sit down with that parent because I've got friends of mine who are doctors. And who are lawyers who I've sat down with, and they're like, I am not happy. I'm like, but you're, but you've got this two, three, four hundred thousand dollar income. How can you not be happy? No, this is not what I want to do. My parents pushed me this way. I never wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be this, or I wanted to be that. Well, why'd you go this way? Because I wanted to please my parents. And now, now they're, you know, 15 years in their career, and they're miserable. Yeah. <laughs> And, and that, and you wouldn't believe the stories I've heard through the years of that. A lot of people—they're miserable in a career that they only chose so that it, to have people look up to them, like their parents. And and right. so so it's so awesome to hear that your parents supported you this whole way. Because that's the kind of parents we don't want. You know, when little Chris is older and Caitlin, who's only ten months now or eleven months now. Gets older. Yeah. We don't want to be the parents that say, "No, you got to do this." No, we we want to get the flexibility to figure out who God wants them to be. Yeah, absolutely. Be- because you might be pushing them to be a doctor, but God wants them to do this. Well, who are they gonna who are they gonna listen to? You or God? Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's very important. You've gotta you've gotta know that. So if if you had one song that described your life. What song would it be? What song out there oh. that just describes your life? This is a Sandy That's a question. That's a tough question. <laughs> yeah. Um, huh. That's that's. An, I've never been asked that one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah I like to hear that. <laughs> keep keep that in your back pocket to ask others because that's a good one. Um. <laughs> Because you're the first person we tested this one on with. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I the one that just is coming to my mind right now is um, Tim McGraw's "Humble and Kind." Oh wow, um, um, that's great. With uh, Lori McKenna wrote that one, and uh, I, I I just ever since I heard that song, I mean, it's basically exactly how I think anybody should should live their lives um you know just mm-hmm. just always no matter what no matter what position of influence or 
non-influence that you're in, um, no matter where life takes you, everybody is a human being and everybody deserves love and kindness. And it it costs zero dollars to be kind to somebody. And, uh, and kindness is, is very, very high on my list of priorities. So, um, not Mm -hmm. that we're not, I'm always perfect at that, but you know, that's, (laughs) that's something that, that is, is so important. And if I could choose a song to, to, represent my life it would probably be that one. Oh, that's so awesome. A, so if there was a movie on your life that would be the beginning song. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, 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 the theme song of that uh, of that movie. Yes. Because we are a family show um our little one always likes to ask one question. Well, he's going to ask one question so we I'll let him get on there. Well, Chris, go to mommy. Yes, his name is Christopher. He's eight years old, and he wants to have his own podcast someday. And here he comes. Let me get him. So we're so we're like Aww. like well, that's what he wants. We will push him that way and let him do whatever he can do. And maybe in a year or two, when he understands uh, hi, a little Ollie. more. Uh, hi, Ollie. Hi, Ollie. What's your favorite food? <laughs> oh, good question. Mm. You know, I would probably have to say chicken enchiladas with sour cream sauce because I'm a Texas girl and I gotta have my Tex Mex. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I'd say. <laughs> okay. What's and your favorite food, Christopher? Uh, what is it? Pizza. <laughs> he had to ask mommy, "What is my favorite food?" <laughs> <laughs> Okay, bye. Thanks for talking. Bye. bye. <laughs> He's a nut sometimes, I tell you. He is. He always Thank enjoys you. that. <laughs> He's adorable. Oh, thank well, you. And we, you know, when with us, where are you ever, just out of curiosity, you ever have, because I know Texas country is awesome, but do you ever have tensions of moving to Nashville? Uh, you know, I, mm, I I don't know about that because um, I really I love country music and I I want to always stay country and mm-hmm. I I don't know that I could continue to be myself in Nashville. I think that I I'm afraid I'm afraid that they would try to make me into something that I'm not and. Um, I, I just don't want to do that, and so I know here in Texas I can be country and be accepted and be who I am. And um, not, not do I do of course dream of of a larger scale of things. Um, but I think that's the reason yeah. why a lot of Nashville is looking at Texas artists like Cody Johnson and uh, oh, wow. you know yeah. uh, that's uh, true. other Texas artists mm-hmm. that because we have something different about us. There's something um, there's something that's not coming out of the system, you know. So yeah. um, I, I think I'll, I think Texas will always be my home. Yeah, I remember Brandon Maddox when we interviewed him years ago. He he said that before someone moves to Nashville, and I've always remembered this too, that before someone moves to Nashville, they should build their base on a local level and a regional level, and then make the move. I always thought that was such smart advice because yeah, a lot of people just up and move, and they have no base, no nothing. Yeah, I mean it's very true. It's it's smart to have a foundation wherever you are. So now here's a two part question. 
And the first part you've probably heard before, but the second part I don't – I haven't never heard it said, but we always ask this one. But if you could co-write with any artist, dead or alive, who would it be, and what song would you all write about? What would the topic be about? Mm, that's a great question. Um, if I could co-write with anybody, dead or alive, let's see. Um, that's a really hard question to answer. <laughs> uh, I, oh goodness, I think I would, I know we just talked about him, but I, I would love to, to co-write with Cody Johnson. I really would. Um, and I, I think that he, I think that he's got such a great handle on being a great lyricist and coming mm-hmm. up with great melodies, but also staying true to himself. And I really respect yeah. that. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and not being afraid to be country. I mean, that's yeah. something that's so rare nowadays. Um, so I think I'd probably say him and, uh, what would we write about? Um, I don't know. Maybe we would write about <laughs> something totally off the wall and, uh, <laughs> Uh, like pancakes or something. No, kidding. Yes, you're, um, you're the second artist that, that said that this um, recently because I think it, it was about outer space. She, she just said, you know what? Let's, right. Let's make. I may have to reword this question a little bit to, to fit yeah. with something funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we could write a really good faith-based song though too because he uh, <laughs> his faith is really important to him as well. So. Yeah. Uh, I think we could write something really meaningful. Well, that would be awesome because we need more of that too out there. Yes, amen. So, so that I don't, so that I didn't miss anything. If you were interviewing yourself, what would be a question that you would ask you that I didn't ask yet? Oh man, Chris, you're coming in clutch with the great questions today. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's, let's see. Um, you know, if I were interviewing myself, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm on the spot right now. Um, uh, ooh, <laughs> maybe. Maybe I would ask, uh, what's what's one of your very favorite places that you've gotten to play um, ever? So tell, so tell us that one. I, and then what's your favorite, like what is your goal, ideal place to play? And so I would probably ah. say, I would probably say Green Hall here in Texas was one of my favorite venues because it's just oh, wow. so iconic and uh, <laughs> it's a the oldest dance hall in Texas. And so there's, there's a lot of history there and there's a lot of good mojo that comes from the building and, and you just feel, um, you really feel the country mm-hmm. soul when you're in there. And, uh, it was mm-hmm. indescribable to, to be able to play there. It was very cool. Um, and I think I would say like many other country artists, the pinnacle that I want to reach is the Grand Ole <laughs> Opry. I oh, wow. would love mm-hmm. to play on that. Stage. I don't even know what would happen if I actually got the opportunity <laughs> because I would just have a heart attack or something because that's the ultimate dream. It was, I think it's going to come. So if if you had a magic wand and you could wave it 
and be anything you wanted, where would, what, where would you be in five years when it comes to your career? Where do you want to be? I think that I would like to be um, – I'd still love to be creating music and creating um, moments for people out on the road touring and playing live and continuing to, to share stages with, with people like I have been. But I think it would be really cool to shoot for maybe a Grammy win or a – CMA win or something like that some some recognition in the in the country music family um that would be that would be very cool and also to if I would die like I said to play on the Grand Ole Opry so I mean that that's definitely a goal of mine here in the next five years um that would be really awesome yeah yeah um maybe I don't know to to be married and starting a family and that kind of stuff as well. Um, I, no, no prospects right now, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, who knows what could happen. <laughs> so as we wind this thing down, what's, if you was talking to someone who was just getting started, what's one piece of advice you would give them? I would say if you're just getting started, there's, a lot to learn and I would say to always be um, open to the right kind of advice and uh, have your have your morals set in stone Um, you know don't don't be don't sacrifice yeah don't sacrifice yourself or your heart or your uh, your values just for the sake of 15 minutes of fame and um I would definitely say practicing as much as possible, like getting in on as many stages as possible in front of as many people as possible, um, just to hone that craft and to mm-hmm. um, always get better. I, I'm, I'm all even, even now, and, and I hope I never stop doing this, but I hope yeah. I always am striving to get better and to not stay in the same place and, evolve and um Mm -hmm. and so i I would say that be just be humble be kind um you know be willing to work your butt off and give everything Mm -hmm. you have to it and um and love it just enjoy every minute so what's um how can people reach you just tell everybody how to get in touch with you yeah well i run all my social I run all my social media, um, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Um, you can either search Holly Tucker or you can search the handle at Holly T Music. So at, at Holly T Music is the handle. And uh, you can also go to my website, hollytucker.com. And you can also go to my Spotify channel or my Apple Music channel. Um, just search Holly Tucker and you'll find everything there as well. That is awesome, and you know we really appreciate you coming on the show today. We do, yeah. Thank y'all so much for having me. Y'all been so sweet, and I I can't wait to do it again. <laughs> well, we look forward to it. Maybe in yeah, six months, we and we'll get get an mm-hmm. update on everything of what's what's been happening. Because I think this is your year. Thank you, you so you, much. You've already that, done that great things, but I think you know you've we know you've already done really good cool stuff. But I think I think this year is a game changer. 
Thank you so much. Well, I, I, I'm going to pray for that, too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. And we will talk with you soon. All right. Thank you all. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our little live podcast today or recorded if you're listening to this after the after the live. But as you know, we try to get up close and personal with the artists. That's our niche. That's our lane. That's the lane we will stay in because we believe that these artists deserve to share their story. We want to share as many stories as we can. And when we first started this, it was going to be just a once-a-week thing, but, well, it's changed. <laughs> We're doing it's daily. It's evolving Monday into through. its own thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of evolving. Every so day. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of doing its own thing. So this week alone, we got Monday through Friday, somebody new. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, though, we've got a special segment coming up called um, State of the Music Business. And we got Joe Kelly from um, from CDX Nashville. It's going to be a really interesting call. So we can talk about where he's been, where he's going, and where he thinks the music industry is going over the next years to come. Really be interesting. Mm-hmm. Each Wednesday, we're going to try to bring somebody to answer those questions. Um, but anyway, we, we thank you for listening. We hope you keep listening. Keep and share this with everybody and just keep on keeping on. And we'll bring you new artists every day. Talk to you soon.